I'm Paulette. And I'm Whitney. And we're sharing the stories of Black women. Beyond boundaries and borders. Through our journeys and triumphs. This world is ours. How are you, Whitney? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. <laughs> I'm a, okay. I'm, I feel like I can't say again that I'm tired. <laughs> but I really am. Welcome to the another episode of Paulette's Being Tired. <laughs> just um, it's just life. Now. When is my good sis gonna rest? In all fairness, though, we usually record when she's been through the day and I'm like waking up like, hello. That's a good point. Yeah, there's nothing we could do about that. But that is a good point. Yeah. Time difference. Yeah, Yeah. this morning was an interesting one. I went, I've started to look for schools for V. So I went on one of the the, school tours and i don't know it's like i've only been to two and everyone's been saying to me like well just go and have a look they're so different and honestly the first school i went to was just so it just felt so nurturing just like could imagine her just being her you know growing into herself there this one today they were like yeah they someone asked so obviously they knew and they were like yeah the kids have to walk in silence in the corridors with their hands behind their back <laughs> I was just like oh no it felt, I was like like in prison <laughs> I was just like it just gave a very horrible vibe of like you know like cookie cutter kids you know like not yeah. really embracing the individual and so I'm still gonna put it down because it's an outstanding school but equally it's not a first choice question it's the time of thanksgiving i understand that you all don't girl you know i'm not even gonna get okay. to the history of thanksgiving but around these parts we do pause to just give gratitude and thanksgiving give thanks in general right now in the season so i'm looking forward to some beans greens dress you know that you name me uh-huh <laughs> I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits. You name it! It's the season around <laughs> here, okay? But I just thought that a good question for this month would be just what's something that you're grateful for right now in this period of life? Mm. And you need to come to the States next year for this, for this meal. <laughs> I would love to have a proper Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, That's come so have a proper cool. Thanksgiving. <laughs> It's very proper. Genuinely, I am. It's obvious, but so grateful for V. Just because, honestly, she just makes me laugh so much. As we're just at an age where we're just, she's like, Mommy, you're my best friend. friend? We're like friends, aren't we? And it's like, obviously, I know there are many people listening to this who are just like, your kid isn't your friend. And like, it's like, at at her age, she can be. (laughs) I get it. I get it. But she's my friend. (laughs) Like, but that's my girl. That is my girl. She just, yeah, we just have so much fun. And yeah, I'm really grateful that I, yeah, had this opportunity. Yeah. yeah, I will say that for me right now, it's family and friends, and it's this period of just trying to slow down and just savor the moment of family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful in advance for this meal. Um, but 
sincerely, uh, my siblings and I just had a siblings kickback. Just like pausing to just do simple things like that. Just us going to dinner together, mm-hmm. coming back to the house, chatting, playing games, and it just being us and that being enough. Um, that's, really that's what I'm thankful for in this in this moment and looking forward to more of those times with my family. I'll talk about that later, but we have a lot of things going on, a lot of good things going on, but it's going to have us together more. So I'm I'm eternally grateful to God for, for those things and for being in a place where my mind is telling me to slow down and enjoy those things and not rushing them. So I'm, I literally thank God for that level of peace and focus to where I can focus on what's most important to me. And now for a girl, yes, you can moment. So for me, girl, yes, you can wear that. So, um, for oh, me, I like, saw them boots. Yeah, I know what's coming. Girl, you saw the boots? I saw the but boots. Even the boots. So, there's a whole story behind the boots, but even Sorry. with the boots, but some clothes where I'm like, I don't know if I can fit this, but I can fit it, girl. So, I put my clothes on. Okay? Yeah, good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So that's that's my girl. Yes, you can. Girl, yes, you can put your boots because it's tis the season. I love a good boot. Okay. And so cute. it's the time for, for the boots mm-hmm. and put your clothes on. You can put a little skirt on, a little dress, whatever your heart is telling you. Put it on. Put your clothes on, people. Y'all know last month I was purging, so I rediscovered clothes that I had. <laughs> so <laughs> now I'm putting the clothes on. Step two. Step Where's two. Clothes? Put your clothes on. <laughs> Put your clothes on. How about you? Um, well, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, my masters, mm-hmm. because as you remember, I did submit in June and there was yes. a marking and um assessment boycott here in mm-hmm. higher education, which meant that people's assignments were not being marked. Um, but I finally got my grade and I did very well. I got like Ooh, a distinction. Celebration. So- I am really relieved and just, yeah, key thing is celebration. I mean, I'm going to bring this up again, guys, when I have my graduation. So just be prepared. And then it really will be all over. (laughs) But yeah. um, When is graduation? It'll be around April. April. Okay. Yeah. Look at me. I'm over like, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to. I just want it. Not that I want it to be over, but like it'd be like a nice closure, you know? Yeah. And like a very extended chapter in my life. <laughs> but you did it, sis. You did. I did it. I did it. I did it. I'm excited because we're going to talk about specifically around the topic of kind of finding your and discovering your independence through challenging societal norms and and trying to kind of choosing your own path today is different for us because you know Paulette and I are team millennial but we brought a Gen Zer in today and she's <laughs> also my little cousin and when I say little cousin I mean it like she's the baby cousin of a whole lot of us she's the youngest of the group um but is indeed a Gen Zer and I'm just excited to hear from my cousin Brenda about her path through life but just her pursuit of finding her way and, and her path of what feels right for her. And I will say from my perspective, she's definitely doing it on her own terms, which, okay. you know, we've heard about that from those Gen Zers. Hey. But I love y'all. I love I love a good Gen Z. The youth. The youth. The youth. <laughs> I will not be on here and be an elder. So no, we will not do that. I am so, coming with morning, the respect Brenda. of my elders. Girl, 
Girl, not the see. This is why we don't Gen Z. This is why we can't have y'all on the show too often because y'all are not gonna be on here talking calling us the elders. Okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she mom. If she's never her life told me, ma'am. Now she want to show out. Okay. But Brenda, thank you for agreeing to join us and um, have you on the show means a lot to us, and we always like to start off with the question just to center us and ground us around what do you love about being a black woman here at this world is ours this is a space that is created for black women so what do you love about being a black woman being one that's traveled internationally that's the that's what made me realize the um appreciation that's outside of america for black women so like of course in america we know our own struggles that we deal with on a daily basis like being like putting this stereotype that we're like ghetto and loud and don't have any home training or education but then once you leave outside the united states where they're not used to seeing us it's like walking into a museum and seeing a piece of art so to me it just makes me realize like mm-hmm. you might feel like you're not appreciated you're just in the wrong location mm-hmm. okay where's the place where you felt the most appreciated what country um it's to me it's more of the asian culture the way because like the way that they like look at other people's culture they learn to more of appreciate it rather than to like appropriate it so mm-hmm. like going to thailand they're more like into like thailand and japan for example they're more interested in like so like how does this work for you how does that work for you and like it's just amazing because i've never seen that before versus going to places like europe and where they're more used to like Africans and people who look more like us are like more thrown into like the trafficking and more like the negative connotations of life. And then they automatically put you in that step, like, because you look like them. So mm-hmm. it's like, they come with like some type of respect, but then they also have that. I still have one up on you because I'm this attitude kind of similar to what we experience in the States. So for so me, those Europeans yeah. are a little snobbish. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's like you you do pick and choose where the they like they all appreciate it in a different way it's just like to me the asian culture just shows more respect behind the appreciation i love the japanese love for reggae music oh it is crazy <laughs> but how i love it <laughs> how japan is like so deep into like all of the reggae all of the soca it's like going especially living in japan because not only are they like ups- not saying obsessed with caribbean culture but they also do like brazilian culture and african culture and it's mm-hmm. like japan's probably one of the most top place- diverse places i've been to where it's like it don't matter where you are you're gonna be somebody from somebody else's different country and they speak in like seven different languages and you next thing you know you eat an african food in the middle of tokyo and everybody's confused <laughs> and i'm like well look this is this is yeah. quality to me it's perfectly yeah. fine so as you talk about all of this travel and all that, one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about on the show today is specifically your choice of military. And I know, at least from my perspective, I think that that's something that has sparked all of their travel, you living abroad, all that. I know it's always been in you, your desire to travel, but to really just step out there. Um, and if I think about, I'll let just, I remember when, this is what's going like Brenda was probably one of the kids that I babysat like I was probably I was like 10 but I really felt like I was doing something she was this new baby mm-hmm. and like probably one of the closest things that I had to a baby that was in my you know in my family and at that age because most of our other cousins are either around my age or just a little younger than me so but then when Brenda got older and she's always been very smart 
cheerily all these things and when she told the family like she was going to the military it was like oh, you're going where when where who uh, <laughs> and i remember being there at brenda's send-off like we were all at my aunt's house because mm-hmm. brenda was getting ready to leave and <laughs> she was about to go to basic training and mm-hmm. it felt like a shock but at the same time it was like well this like this is brenda she's been charting her own path she's going to do it her way so, Brenda, can you tell us kind of like what drew you to choose the military? <laughs> so the funny story of how I joined the military. Um, so originally, like during my first my years, I've always wanted to do medicine. Like that was no advance buts about it. I always knew I was going to be in a medical field. I always knew I was going to deal with babies. So like that was the goal. So my original plan was to attend Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But your aunt told me, no, I can't go out of state. I need to go to UAPB because it's basically, which is University of Arkansas Pine Bluff which is down the street from where we live and she told me it's basically the same thing I was like okay you don't want to let me go do things I know I need to do there's one way I can go and you can't do anything about it so next thing I know she was like so you still talking about like going to southern I was like nope I went to the recruiter's office I enlisted in the military she was like no you can go to southern now I was like nope it's too late (laughs) (laughs) no not doing it you should have just let me go you didn't so now I'm going to the military. Yeah. Way to one up, Brenda. Hey, look. The long-term implications of that decision, or was it so, just in the heat of the moment? So it was kind of a mix of, like, a, a rebellious team versus, mm-hmm. like, do you really, do you know what probably could happen while you're in the military? But the one thing I figured out about me is that I'm more of a, I'll figure it out when I get there type of situation. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like to plan too far ahead and then freak myself out. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to do something, I'm, you might as well just jump 10 toes in head first. Just, just go ahead and do it. Because the more you think about it, the more, you, just like jumping into a dive, just like jumping into a pool. The mm-hmm. more you hesitate on that edge, the less likely you are to jump in versus just like, just go. So you're already in the water. Teen, like, how old was she? I was 17. I was, yeah, I think I just turned 17 when I was talking to a recruiter. And then I was like, like trying to get let my mom but take that free pass and be like, no, you can go ahead and go tour to school and all this stuff. She still wasn't breaking. So on, around my 18th birthday, I went to the recruiter's office and enlisted myself in the military, signed my own paper. She can't do nothing now. Immediately. You were like, <laughs> Oh, because you turned you you're you're 18, 18 in February. So before you graduated yeah. high school. Yeah. So I went and got like kind of in for like the delayed entry program. So it's like they so they kind of like enroll you, which they like wait to send you off. So I was in a delayed entry program for a year before I actually went off. So by this time, I'm like already talking to recruiters, already talking to people that's in the service, like already like slowly building my case together mm-hmm. to be like, all right, I got this ready. We we can do this one way or the other. Ask you one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking one more time. You sure you don't want me to go to school in Louisiana? She was like, you can just go to school down in Palm Bluff. All right. For me, I I actually know personally two people in the States that have been to or are in the military and literally within my own personal circle or further out. I don't know anyone that's been to the army in the UK. So for me, it just feels like it is more of the more of a norm. Um, But still, I wonder, like, what what was it like as a black woman kind of making that decision? And what were your experiences like? So, um, being a black woman in the military, oh gosh, where do I start and not go on a rabbit hole? So yes, we still face the same stigmas Mm -hmm. and I feel like we're more nitpicked 
out of anybody else in the branch because of like rules and regulation. Mm -hmm. And the thing that a lot of people seem to misconstrue when it comes to like being black and in the military that we can't like voice our own opinions or go about things a certain way without being violent or without being like outlandish and out. But I was like, no, there's one thing I learned two things for sure. It was like the more energy you put into people to like give off that negative energy to like give them a reason to like try to send you in the fire, the more they're going to use that against you. So the one thing that used to irritate people about me in the military is, it's like, I sit with a straight face and I just let you get whatever you got to get off your chest and be like, okay, are you done? Like, can we go back to getting our work done? Cause now you just feel like you just need, you just needed to say something. And then it's a lot of power misconception and people being put in the wrong places. And then of course, like they don't want to believe half the stuff you're saying. And then that's a whole nother topic with that's just medicine in the military in general. And then like hair regulations, they want to nitpick everything, which I'm so glad I got out because obviously this wouldn't roll in the military with my split dye purple hair. And so it's like, we can't really braid our hair how we need to, to like maintain it. They just now like alter the regulations, at least Navy side to where we can wear locks, we can wear braids in different patterns and like actually do more stuff to like help our hair to keep us from getting traction alopecia and being bald headed by the time we get out. So with nails, it also depends on your job. So technically, since I'm in the medicine part of the military, I'm not supposed to have fake nails because of like the transfer of bacteria and everything. But did I have my nails done? Of course I did, because I'm still a girl. So like mm -hmm. I would have like short nails, short nude nails majority of the time. But the long ones I got on right now with all the designs, no, that was that, that would definitely not fly. Mm -hmm. Tell me this, though, Brenda. So you being a little rebel, go to the military, but then it feels like you hit a whole lot of structure and to me so what if that, how did you balance that your desire for freedom led to a lot of structure though so there's a lot of loopholes in it so everybody's it. like oh you, oh yeah of course i did so <laughs> so everybody's like oh you can go to the military get great structure blah 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 and it's like this all depended on the person if a person does not want to change and a person does not want to do anything they are not going to do it they very much say you could drink you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink that is the ultimate truth when it comes behind the military. Because, yeah, you still get some of us that, like, some of us come in with some structure. Okay, they keep that same structure and they can make it their 20 years. You get some that's never been told how to tie their shoe in their life. And then somebody tells them to mop the floor or something. Now they're ready to fight the whole entire world. So it just depends on a person's mentality, their their background, their effort to do things, and their 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 ability to adapt and change. So it's not like, yes, you join the military, you're going to get structure. They're going to try. You, uh, Yeah, you can make it harder for yourself by like just always saying no, 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 no. But at the same time, are you going to be a yes man to everything? No, some things you shouldn't be a yes man to. Paulette, can you talk to us a little bit about what military looks like in the UK? I'll be completely honest. No, like I really oh. don't know. Like I can't like, not. I know in terms of the um, branches, so like there's um, the Royal Navy, um, mm -hmm. the Army, and then the Royal Air Force. Um, and just before we came on, because I don't know anyone that's been, I was like, well, let me Google like how many black people, like what percentage of black people go to the Army. And for all services, um, it's 2.5%, but that's for like all ethnicities that are not white. So it's just like white and other. And mm. so within that, I can expect black participation would be pretty low. Um, so, yeah, it's just not really, um, it's not that common amongst yeah. 
yeah the people that I know really but yeah Yeah, I know I know probably know more about your military and like some of the benefits and like why people join why people stay like I know someone who's like built up his whole life like ready for when he leaves so that he can then you know step into the things that he's benefited from in the army like an education he saved up money he's bought property you know like and he's just been there Mm -hmm. ages and he's just counting down the the years but yeah I don't I don't know his answer to that (laughs) right I mean I we just had veterans day here and I know my dad is a veteran. My co- you know, I got a lot of cousins who are veterans. So mm. I'm close to a lot of people who've been in the military and kind of watched their pathway through. Um, I didn't choose that path, but I think because I was probably just more focused on, but you hear people talk about, oh, but you can pay for school this way. But Brenda, being 17 and making that decision, like how do you feel like that influenced your relationships with your peers or just everybody like as you were kind of making that transition where you were on a path to do one thing but then you chose something else what was that like so like I said like I never really have like a detailed structure plan because I because then I get like discouraged if something doesn't happen so I just make an end goal so like my end goal was just to get into military medicine get some experience since I didn't go the route to go to nursing school easily got that at my first year in the military like could have hit the ground running, be like, all right, cool, done with this. I can go to nursing school, whatever. But the one thing I can say I'm grateful for that I did join the military. Yes, I joined for a faster medical training. Because then once I thought about the aspects, yes, I'm 17 thinking of this. I'm like, okay, you can go to nursing school, spend four years, then spend two years trying to like fight your way to prove to people that you can make, that you can actually do your job, and then you can coast. Or I could just join the military, do they 14 weeks of school, and then hit the ground running from there and show my work ethic from day one. So I basically condensed six years worth of work into one. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't have like a nursing license. No, I don't have like state certified license and everything, but work ethic wise, I've trained nurses. I've like in situations when like babies being delivered, emergency situations, I've pushed doctors out of the way because it's like you're interfering with patient care, move. <laughs> and they move because like I've gotten to that point to where I've built that type of respect in my work center to where they was like she know what she's doing like mm-hmm. probably should I mean I know she's like 17 and ain't lived at a mama house for about two days but you you might want to you might want to listen so I've, I've especially in Jacksonville I've stomped my I put my stamp on that to where it's where like some of the doctors will be gone and one of the main attendings like the funny story behind it all the residents which is the people who are under the the, the new doctors coming in they were all gone to a retreat but we needed to have a c-section that day and there was nobody to fill in for that spot and i was like mind you i'm not a surgeon i'm not a surge tech i have no no legal credentials Um, this is all military yeah military medicine yeah yeah i'll take you for a whirlwind for military medicine how it actually works (laughs) behind the scene but like I said, I've done plenty of procedures. All of this is like hands-on training, like learning by doing. And I'm scrubbing in on my first C-section at like 17, 18 years old, first assistant with a surgery. No, That's no, no, a no, different no. thing to see. It's, no, no. Yeah. Wait, Brenda, I've got to stop you there. <laughs> I mean, I understand learning on the job. But... Oh, yeah, no, you, but you no. learn C-section. on the job. Yeah, I'm no, trying to figure out like... what the mama say. <laughs> 
She probably was so, like, get the baby. Also, they're like, Tiki Hauser. It's like, oh, I'm just sitting here. I got so, it. like, most of my patients, they trust me. So, it's like, um, I have a lot of crazy labor and delivery stories from, either way, that's another rabbit hole. But, like, they, you start to, you build that comfort with them and, like, they start to trust you and everything. But she knows I'm mainly there for the baby which is my main job when I was working on the ward. But then it was like, I was just joking around with the surgeon. I was like, you ain't got nobody to fill in for that. You should let me do it. He was like, all right, go scrub in. I thought, are you serious? He's like, don't look like I'm playing. I was like, oh, well, um, all right then. Got it. So that's the question that I have. Did you feel like you had to grow up fast? It's like definitely more of, I feel like being Southern in general, you grow up faster than a lot of people do, especially like, joining the military and see how other people at the same age in life and you operate. And it's like, I'm being something. What, what, why'd you say that? So it's a thing here in the States. Like some being Southern is a thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, we were raised with hospitality. It was raised with manners. It was raised. It's like, speak to people, like just be a general, treat people the way you want to be treated is a Southern thing. Mm-hmm. And then like living outside of that, it's like, especially like living mm-hmm. in California and like living in other places, people are like, okay. And like, I'm trying to get to this. I'm like, they're just like very yeah they're for themselves Mm. so yeah it's i would say it's a whole nother rabbit hole of conversations i I easily go down the rabbit hole (laughs) (laughs) but so you do feel like when you think about like for you at your age compared to your peers who maybe took a different route you feel like you had to for one you had you 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 moved across the world like yeah, you do. You definitely have to have that. That's why I said, like, the military doesn't give you structure. Like, it has to be somewhere in you. Because, yeah, like, you picking up these 17, 18-year-olds, packing up and making them move away from their family and leave them. Now, military can't make you grow and be an individual. Like, that has to be, like, something you want to do eventually. And that's what a lot of people struggle, especially, like, new-termers now that come in. They struggle. Because it's like, oh, I'm too far away from home, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you not realize what you signed up for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so I thought you said that, something the other day about you haven't been home for like the holidays in... I, this will be the first time I've been home for Thanksgiving in seven years. How has it been navigating that kind of thing? Like even as you navigate... Because I mean, during this holiday season, it can be hard for people who can't be close to family or it can mm-hmm. be hard for people who are close to family. So how have you navigated that over the last seven years? What's kind of been so, your outlet? My outlet... Um, you, you create a family in the military everywhere you go. So it's not like not saying that you have to spend the holidays alone it's just like those people who feel like they needed that camaraderie during the holidays they came together so they do things like friendsgiving like some of the officers will put on like thanksgiving dinners for the lower enlisted who don't have the money or the resources to go back home for the or a family to go back home to the holidays like you create your own family and networks everywhere which sucks in the military because like you build this family and this connection and then six months later they're gone and you gotta start over again Every two, so so for me, every two years, I've had like at least two to three families I've been inducted in over the past seven years. So now it's like now that I got out the connections and stuff that I built, I've been a lot of people's lives. I got guy kids now that I see very so often. It's just like you just attach this family along with it. What is it like now that so you left the military? What was your decision Mm -hmm. to leave? And what's it like now? Um. My main decision for leaving because of the job that I worked, like I said, I was a medic. So like we don't pick up rank as fast and like we have to like try to pretty much do a boat and pony show on top of saving a life to try to pick up rank. To me, it's not that important. I was never a person that cared about picking up rank and going up for in the military. No, like I'm here for the experience. I'm here to like 
build up my knowledge and everything and then take everything I can from this and put that forward towards it because the military is not forever. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's wrong with a lot of people now. It's like when they get in, they get like food, not, not like they get spoon fed from like older people in the military. Like you have no other life outside of this. You won't make it outside of this. This is all you'll ever know. If you can't make it in here, you'll make it nowhere. Mm-hmm. And to me, those are like the most miserable people in the military because it's like, it's not my fault that you got stuck here for 25 years and you never thought to step outside the box. Like you're suffering from Stockholm syndrome. Like that's mm-hmm. all it is to it. You're staying with your abuser. Not saying that the military is an abuser because it can be. Um, you decided to stay and I decided to leave. So you shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't put a negative connotation because I didn't choose to go your route. Mm-hmm. And do yeah. you feel like that's a generational thing? Like, obviously, I guess for it's... me, I think about your generation when it comes to careers overall anyway, it's a very different perspective. Mm-hmm. But like, do you see it as as that or is it something else within the ministry? To me, oh, it's definitely something else within the military. The politics itself will make you be like, all right, this was fun. This was cool. I'm just here to do my time and get out because mm-hmm. especially like watching the world change and how like things are being handled in the States. And so like side note, whenever Pauline was like a couple episodes back, she was like, I could watch all this stuff in the States and be like, it's so crazy. But like living outside the States and watching from the outside in being from the States, I was like, wow. Oh, Pauline. <laughs> the States is pretty, Different eyes. Yeah. <laughs> So, Brendan, when you're thinking about all these things, so now you're transitioning out of the military and you left an environment that was very structured. They tried to create paths, even if you didn't want them. Um, what what are you it, what what is your heart telling you now? Like, how are you going to create some just whatever is next for you? So one thing I know, like I always knew, like after my so once I hit my seven year mark before, like going through the whole process of getting out, I was like, all right it's time to get a game plan going try to figure out where you're gonna go to school what are you gonna do for work do you want to stay in the medical field or do you want to adventure off to do something else or like like you can't just you can leave them that's why another thing with people like you can't leave the military without a plan that's not true like some people don't live by plans which I'm one of them so Mm -hmm. like as long as I know that it's going to be I can make a way out of some way whether it's I go to school get another job or like stay home and chill for a couple years like if it's if it's meant to happen it's going to happen so it doesn't matter like how much you try to plan or how much ever you're going to do it's just like if you don't sit back and let god do his work you're just going to be sitting there forever yeah how do you think i'm i just have a lot of questions but what do you think about like how you you've challenged societal norms what has that process been like like i know you challenged some family norms for us because we're like brenda going where with (laughs) still when she is saying like she's got to go to Japan. You you know me. I'm like, girl, go. Tell me how it is. I'm coming to Japan to visit. But for some of very traditional Southern family, it can feel like a lot. And I know your mama, who's a very traditional Southern mama too, who's very protective of her baby. So there's a lot of people who want to feel unstuck. A lot of people feel stuck right now. And what you're saying is when well, you didn't want to feel stuck, so you did something different. So how has that been? And what would you tell other people who are trying to get out of a career situation relationship whatever it is where they feel stuck so for me um like I said when with my medical stuff like I know that like the back of my hand that's my bread and butter I didn't want to get too comfortable somewhere because if I got too comfortable with that and then it doesn't go through the way I planned it to now I feel like I wasted all my time when I could have learned another skill so while I lived in California I picked up bartending 
And that was probably one of the best decisions I'm glad I made because I met so many different people, traveled different places, met plenty of celebrities and all this different stuff, like lived that little fast life or whatever in California. <laughs> so it's like I have that in my back pocket. So if I don't want to go into the medical field immediately, like I can go bartend or if I don't feel like bartending anymore, I can go use my phlebotomy license or use my medical assistant license or all these other licenses I got while I was in the military. So I so to answer that question, so how do you can you avoid something to vi- avoid feeling stuck? It started venturing now. Like anything you thought that you might be interested in, give it a day or two. Like if you think you like it, okay, cool. It might cost you some money to invest to start it, but hey, at least you tried it to be like, nope, this isn't for me. Or yes, this is definitely for me. That's something I want to pursue and try. So it's definitely a trial and error type of ordeal too. So it's like trying to give advice to somebody be like, how can I get out of this? If I, First of all, it starts with you. If you don't want to get out of it, you won't get out of it. But if you want to get out of it, you'll get out of it. Why does it sound so simple, Paulette? because it is it's it's, it's very much that simple because like people i think it's what another thing of like american norms versus other norms that i've seen is like we allow so many outside influences to change and alter what we do Mm -hmm. so that's another thing where people are like oh you always do this do that i was like because at the end of the day the person i have to deal with is me like i have to go home and deal with my thoughts i have to deal with this i have to deal with the consequences if this and that don't go right so why do I need to in- include your opinion? Which is why people think I'm like the rebellious one because I honestly don't care what you got to say because if I got in my head made up and going, I'm gone. So I've learned already, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. A blessing and a curse. Tell I me about like it. It's very cool. It's like, especially from a young age to have that kind of mindset. Like, I don't want to sound like an auntie now, but like, I do feel like it is, it's nice that you realize that really early on because it often takes people a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. At which point, I mean, it's never too late, but at which point it's like, you think, oh, I could have done so much more if I'd been like a bit more headstrong or a bit more confident about my own decisions and my own intuition. So yeah, I don't know. How have you how have you felt like interacting with people who are your your age and like, who maybe aren't as kind of headstrong or do you kind of encourage people your age to to like go you know what I mean because I think there are yeah. a lot of young people at the moment that are a bit oh no I don't want to say lost I don't want to be rude but a bit lost <laughs> I mean it is what it is yeah. um so the whole aspect behind that have I done the whole mentoring ship with younger sailors mm-hmm. yes I have mm-hmm. because um one thing i definitely don't care about the military is like they like to sugarcoat and make everything seem great and beautiful and butterflies and rainbows and everything and it's like all right cool let them tell you that but let me tell you what actually happened when you got put in that situation from a person's perspective that you kind of feel comfortable with mm-hmm. and they'll be like oh well can you show me like what things that you would avoid it if you went through this so it's like they're living through me vicariously so they don't so they can learn from my mistakes and then try not to make the same ones type ordeal but with like trying to like talk to other people and it's a lot of misguidance in the military because a lot of them are like trying to just retain those numbers and keep those people in and it's just like you're not even worried about the mental health or the mental capacity you're actually trying to help this person do things that they need to do to progress in life in and out of the military Mm -hmm. I've gotten so many sailors signed up for colleges I've got a lot of a lot of them getting outside civilian credentials because it's like hey yeah, I'm in here. I'm still doing this, but I'm also preparing to get out. Mm-hmm. I might reenlist another five or six years. Oh, well, I still got this under my belt. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be getting out in order to start preparing yourself to get out. 
Brenda, mm. this is such a basic question, but it just won't leave my head. Like, so <laughs> when you were in the army, did you go to like, were you on like the front line of any kind of, or were you? So I'm not your typical military story. Um, I know I was never front line in Afghanistan, shooting guns and blowing up bombs. No, I've worked in labor and delivery. I worked in the ER. I've worked in clinics. I've been a hospital corpsman the whole entire time of my career. That means I've only been in hospitals and clinics. Um, hospitals for civilians or hospitals for? Hospitals for military. Military, right. Okay, so people will have... Oh, my God, I sound so naive now. But people have babies. <laughs> like That's the baby military. she was delivering. It was a military baby. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Brenda, you were never on the ship. Or were you on the ship? Because in the never. Navy, you did, but you had to go to... Diego Garcia. Diego Garcia. Diego Garcia. Okay. What was that like? Because that was like a remote island, huh? Remote island that's ran by the British Indian. It's a British Indian Ocean Territory. So this is why when she was like, oh, I know nobody like in the Royal Navy. I made plenty of friends in the Royal Navy (laughs) and I'm still good friends with them to this day. Like my British, yeah, the Brits as we call them, they're a time. If there's Y'all alcohol, t- they're definitely a time. I, I learned, I learned very quickly that I cannot hang with you British when it comes to drinking because y'all's drinking games in general are just like, who thinks of this stuff? And why do y'all, why are y'all still up to seven o'clock in the morning still playing this, still acting going. like y'all don't have to be at work in twenty minutes? No, I've seen them like literally take out a whole entire bar. 20 minutes later get suited and booted and run three miles and it's like there's no way that you can survive why are you human there's no way that you're able to survive this and go on about your natural day like nothing happened from young wow. Brenda they built up a real tolerance <laughs> very early what age. is the drinking age in the UK Paulette um what's it, what is it I think it's 18 but I mean it's not y'all start early with your yeah <laughs> it's really not yeah <laughs> as you like continue on this 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 journey like what do you see like yourself evolving or how do you want to evolve how you want to challenge yourself some more um me now especially since going from the have to be somewhere have to do something mentality to like you can just do whatever you want to it honestly doesn't matter do what you want it's more of the adjustment of I don't have to do anything in a rush like Mm -hmm. just calm down take a breather like if I don't want to go to the store today. I can go tomorrow. The store is still going to be there versus the mentality of, nope, if you don't go today, it's going to run out and you'll never get your chance to get it again. Like, you have to do this now. So it's like, when everybody's like, why are you just like so nonchalant? I was like, look, I've been rushing and running for the last seven years of my life. Now yeah. it's time for me to just sit down and just not care. Feels like you're giving semi-retired vibes as well. <laughs> like, I actually I am retired from the military. Yeah, and it's like someone was saying this to me. Um, I think it was my mum. She said like she was having a conversation with her friend. She retired, but she was like, "It's almost like life should be the opposite way round. Like we probably should retire when we're a bit younger, so we can like mm-hmm. really enjoy it rather than retiring when you're old. Not to say you can't enjoy it, but like you know, maybe you don't have as much of that youthful energy <laughs> as you had. Yeah, you were young enough to really enjoy it." Yeah, it is kind of crazy. But like, yeah, I'm 25 and retired. Brenda, where you love traveling. Where are you going next? I know you just came back. Yeah, we just got back from Jamaica yesterday. Ooh. And one thing I learned, I am not a resort girly. I think it's come oh, from I, I mean, yeah. like 
traveling all over and I never I've never stayed at a resort. This is my first time staying at a resort internationally. Okay. And it was like, mm. You want to get out and be with the people. Yeah, I I Please. you can ask you can ask Keisha. I did not stay at the I only was at the resort to sleep and maybe mm. went to the pool a couple times. I ate a couple times there and it's like the alcohol especially being a bartender is like I already don't drink this as is even when customers are buying me shots like I wouldn't even drink this and now I'm stuck drinking this for the next three days no Paulette I tell this is what used to stress my aunt out because she like to go places but she want to go by herself she going to Paris by herself she going to Thailand by <laughs> just roaming and the she, streets and she got my part right in the right south, down here in the south just stressed and pressed okay I where mean, did you go in Jamaica uh, we went to Negril and mm -hmm. we stayed at one of the resorts in Negril. Mm -hmm. But of course, me being the person I am and that I have traveled before, I was like, just leave. Just leave the resort. And I did. Mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> went out and just walked the beach because it's like, I feel like there's so much more to do here outside of the resort. So mm -hmm. I like to go out. So like I told my sister before, but she was like, oh, I'm not. I can't. Whatever. That's you. So, so me, you I like went to. by yourself, Brenda. No, I went with my sister this time. Okay, thank you. <laughs> like, no, I went with a travel buddy this time. Um, I like to live like a tourist for the first couple of days, but the rest I like mm. to live like a local. So okay. it's like, yeah, the touristy things are fun. Like, oh, yeah, stay in a resort. Woo, pretty pictures. But then it's like, where's the real stuff? Like, I want real, real authentic. Food, like the strong drinks. Yeah. Whatever. I want what y'all eat. I want what y'all drink. I want to do what y'all do. Like, I want to actually, like, immerse myself in the life of wherever I am. So that's why I don't think I'm made for resorts because it's very Americanized, very like traditional, like, oh, we have this plan for you. We have that plan for you. And it's like, do I need to sign a waiver for any of this? Because if I don't, it's really not going to excite me because <laughs> as Whitney said. Why do you I always want to risk your life? <laughs> why can't you just let me live my life so I can risk it? Oh, Brenda. You already, she got, now look, you already got your purple lock. You tatted up. We just took enough risk, okay? We didn't been to the military. Oh, I love expat it. I love is it my you, next, honestly, do. Expat is my next actual goal. So that instead of picking somewhere to go, I want to be an expat for six months. So pack that. up, go live somewhere for six months, mm -hmm. and then come back. And then I feel like once I start doing that, there is no coming back. I, I believe you. Me too. I believe you. I'm going to come visit you wherever you be. At. Like, I tried to go to Japan, but Brenda was like, you know, they're not going to let you do anything for like two weeks. I was like, that's our whole trip. Oh, is that COVID yeah. times? It was during yeah, COVID. It was, COVID. It was like post COVID. It felt, you know, America, we were done with COVID. We were, yeah, yeah, yeah. The we were in the, the streets. Early, Texas, we were in the streets real early in Texas. <laughs> so I didn't, I was like, oh, Japan, oh, they for real. My bad. I'm going to stay here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stay right no, here. being overseas during COVID was interesting because the first time I ever went to Japan was like literally the week that COVID started to take over the world. So it was like being over there and like kind of watch Japan be free and like every, but of course Japan's a very clean country. Everybody's subconscious about themselves and like keeping themselves sick and not making other people sick. So they were already wearing masks mm -hmm. and they were already taking the precautions of like social distancing and like wearing masks and everything. So once the whole entire world took it on, it was like, some people have been doing this for a long time. Like this isn't new to a lot of people, like, especially like watching America, watching America lose its ever loving mind over toilet paper was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen during the whole entire time of COVID. Because why are y'all fighting for toilet paper? Yeah. Fighting for our liberty. Paper, the bread. You're fighting for bread. bread making in America. 
There's a lot of bread baking in the UK. But anyway, (laughs) obviously we've learned a bit about you and your interesting and colourful life. But (laughs) is there anything that maybe that you really enjoy or, yeah, that you're passionate about that you haven't mentioned today or we might not really know about? Um, So I have a husky. So I have a little pup. She's nine months. That That's pretty much my child. And so it's like now it's like I have something to bring with me in most cases to like go out and see. So like especially hearing from my mom and my family, they're like, you spoil that dog. Like it's your ch-. it is my child. This is my child. This is the oh, only mom. kid you're getting from me right now because no, this this is it. You're going to accept Luna and Luna is our is, is a part of the family now. Luna. Oh, that's really sweet. And you can take, can you take her traveling? Do you have to like, can so you get... now she's too big. So she's nine months and like 42 pounds. So she's too big to go. She's too tall to stand in the carriers to go on board. Okay. And okay. a lot of the, the lot, the way airlines are with pets, it's like 125 a leg. So not a flight, a leg. So if you have a flight with like two or three layovers, yeah, you're going to pay like mm-hmm. five, $600 to fly your dog. And mm-hmm. you better hope there's no long layovers over four hours. Cause they're going to charge you another hundred. That's why Luna is in Vegas <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm out here traveling the world <laughs> understood mm-hmm. and where are you going to put Luna when you go to your mama house because I cannot see your mama surviving through Luna alright so here here we go with your auntie do not let your auntie <laughs> fool you your, your auntie has accepted this dog as her grandchild so it's time to end the podcast you will not put this <laughs> slander out there on my aunt okay? <laughs> and you, Brenda, and you will not you will not gaslit your aunt into thinking she don't like that dog. She 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 loves that dog. Do do not get her wrong. You just put you just pushing her to new boundaries, Brenda. But no, thank you, Brenda, for joining us on the podcast today. I know you're getting ready oh, to go travel lovely. now, so thank you, Brenda. Thanks. Brenda. Yeah, no problem. But yeah, of course, I will gladly do this any other time that I'm not running around and have Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> Please, we'd love to have you back. Honestly, I enjoyed this conversation. It energized me. <laughs> <laughs> get out and go see the world Paulette I know I know I'm just looking out the window now it's like five o'clock and it's pitch black outside I'm like <laughs> yeah daylight savings time was crazy in other places so I was Honestly. like it, three o'clock in the afternoon why is it dark mm-hmm. it's that time of year it but is thanks, Brenda. <laughs> yeah be safe Brenda y'all be safe Tell thing. and now for this one's for me Listen, after talking to Brenda, I think I'm about to go take over the world. It's what am I doing? Inspired. Um, I think it's just a reminder, though, sincerely, that I I, I really do have uh, some autonomy in my life and I'm going to use it. Like for right now, like I'm not rushing through this holiday season. I'm taking it slow, child. Like I'm about to take in all the moments, savor them, enjoy them, love on them. Love on the people who let them meet, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel like a city girl this morning. I have no idea why I feel like a city girl. But, yes. Oh my gosh, honestly. How about you? <clears throat> if I'm honest, I have really thought about this and I don't have anything planned. So I don't, I'm not really doing anything. And okay. I don't even think, I was going to say maybe rest, but not really. Like, I don't think there is anything at the moment. Okay. I'm just I'm I'm doing okay. I'm just yeah. And that, getting on. That's on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get to have those times too. Yeah. 
We do. There's a lot of those times, but more than you know. Honestly, honestly. Well, thank y'all for joining us today. We hope that you are empowered by all the things and that you have a little bit of more understanding of life in the military and life outside of the military with purple lots. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this World Is Ours podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at World Is Ours Podcast or go to thisworldisours.com.